And listen to me. This is the Fantasy Football Best Friends Forever Show. Start listening to us or suffer the consequences. It's the best friends forever. Best friends forever. BFFs. He is Frank Stample. He is EY Eric Young. I am Greg Sussman. Coming off a barn burner of a Monday night football game as the Adam Gage-led New York Jets fell to the seventh ranked overall New England Patriots defense. 33 to nothing. Seventh overall in fantasy football is what I was alluding to. That's how Amongst good. all positions. All positions. That is insane. That's how good the New England <laughs> Patriots have been. Frankie, the Jets aren't very good. The Jets are not very good, Greg, and I can go off on a monologue. Everyone knows how I feel about Adam Gase. If you don't, just search Frank Stanfield, Adam Gase. You'll find a, bunch, a ton of rants from when they originally signed Adam Gase. Look, there was a lot wrong with last night. You can't even call it a game. It was one-sided. There was no competition whatsoever 33 to 0 the New England Patriots go into MetLife and completely stomp the New York Jets sending zero blitzes at Sam Darnold he has no idea what's coming his way Adam Gase not changing up the predictions one bit the offensive line not knowing where they should be at all the defense did not show up at all. Tremaine Johnson, I thought Bart Scott said it best. I saw this on Twitter. He said every single dollar that Tremaine Johnson makes this year, he should donate to charity because right now he is stealing. He is stealing money from the New York Jets. And you saw that on the play against Philip Dorsett. Just completely lets the guy get behind him. I don't know what else you could say about this team right now, Greg. I mean, there's so many holes. They don't have a pass rush. The offensive line is completely in flux. Everyone's hurt on the offensive line. They brought in some veterans. They thought that, you know, they could sign Khalil and that would work out. They trade for Kalecio Assembly. Those guys are hurt. I read a good article from Connor Hughes earlier today on The Athletic. I mean, this is a team that needs to completely be rebuilt from the ground up and... Sam Darnold, as bad as he was last night, I'm not going to make excuses for him. I mean, his happy feet all over the place, throwing off of his back foot. Some really, really horrible interception. And I would say that about any quarterback, you know, based on the way that he played last night. It's not just because he's a Jet or whatever, and, you know, I'm being hard on him or whatever. Be a it man. Might be. Yeah, be a man. But Sam Darnold was dreadful last night. Four interceptions, another fumble loss. He's. He, he, He didn't look like he wanted to be there, Greg. They knew all week that they were going up against the New England Patriots, and it seemed like they didn't prep at all. Did they even practice? Did they even... What team were they getting ready for? Because they weren't ready for... I I think they would have lost to a college football team last night, Greg. They were awful last night. They were were awful. Patriots do have that ability to make you look awful, though. Yes, and look, what I wanted to say more than anything, and then we'll kind of go into fantasy football, because I don't want to talk about the Jets anymore. It is what it is. I thought it was really distasteful by ESPN to not only mic up Sam Darnold, but but to to air that Don't quote, Greg, the ghost the ghosting. Yeah, come on, here, dude. dude. No, I would say that about I would say that about any young quarterback. We know we know that one thing that Bill Belichick does, no matter who it is, he dominates young quarterbacks. Last night was the 16th game in Sam Darnold's career. He's basically still a rookie, right? We could agree on that. We knew that he was going to struggle against Bill Belichick's defense. There was no doubt about it. But airing that, I mean, the guy's confidence is shot already where he's at. So now this is going to go down with, you know, the butt fumbles and all the other infamous things that the Jets are known for. This is going to go down in history. And, like, 
He's got enough on his plate already, right? He's a young quarterback playing in New York. He's going to hear it all from the media. Does he really need this whole ghost thing going on? I would have said that about any quarterback, any young quarterback, whether it was Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson. If that quarterback was mic'd up and they aired that, I would have said it no matter who it was. It's not just because it's Darnold. It's not just because it's the Jets. I thought it was very distasteful, Greg. Could not disagree more with that statement. To me... If it was Daniel Jones, if it was Kyler Murray, I would say the same exact thing. I completely, completely, completely disagree. Frank, do you watch Hard Knocks? Yes. Do you like Hard Knocks? It's fine. Okay. You, why do you like it? Because you get unfiltered, unfiltered access to these players behind the yeah. scenes footage that we've never seen before. They mic players up every week, and there's only so much, ugh, ah, oh, there's no, ah, what are you doing for dinner last night? What are you doing for dinner tomorrow? You want to play Fortnite? And that I need to hear from Juju Smith-Houston. That's all nonsense and BS. Yeah. What you heard last night from Sam Darnold was real access. Like, holy crap, I'm seeing ghosts out there because it seems like there's so many defenders. That was awesome. And NFL Films has to approve anything that airs, and they thought, oh, this is really good access. It was awesome seeing that. But it wasn't distasteful. It's not distasteful. No, it's not distasteful. He's, right. you know I disagree. What? Also, you know he's mic'd up. He knows he's mic'd up. You think up. he's thinking about a microphone when he's getting demolished out there by the why New England it, Patriots? Why is it he's not thinking about that. Why is it distasteful? Because, dude, he's going to hear everything really? from the media today anyway, right? And his offensive line is terrible. His coaching is terrible. Everything has been a disaster for this kid since he has stepped into the NFL. And some of that is by his own doing. Well, I'm not going to make excuses for this him. Out there. But that is distasteful. And I would say it about any quarterback let in me, that same situation. I would say it about Daniel there, Jones. Frank. I would say it about Kyler Murray. I would say it about any young quarterback going up against a Belichick defense under these circumstances. Let me go to the public figure. EY, you have been a public figure for a very, very long time, wrestling for over 20 years. You've been on TV for seemingly ever. You are constantly mic'd up on the air. Your Twitter and your social media are, are... in the public, you obviously you are a personal guy, but everything you say and do is in public. Do you have any? Do you have an issue with Sam Donald's "I see ghost" comment airing on ESPN? Uh, no. It, it, look at they don't. They didn't sneak it in there. He would have had to sign off on it, and he he knows. And I understand uh, what Frank is saying. I, I get, but the reality is, is he knows. Um, that access and the people of the NFL are doing backflips the fact that he was honest and said something of substance because the reality is is someone like Juju Smith-Schuster or someone like that they're they're t- just saying and doing things that they think they want people to hear I mean that's what television is none of it is real guys I hate to tell you none of it and the NFL is doing backflips because of that access Sam Darnold probably regrets it but at least it was real it was entertaining for sure and there's going to be a ton of stories it about it real. a ton of headlines about it you're right that doesn't mean that it can't be distasteful. It wasn't distasteful, man. We could both be right. Can we? I think. I don't <laughs> think so. The waiver wire is up next. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because, as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcast. you find it. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search... 
to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around, I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. You call him Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, you... he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big top. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after 3 0. We never win a chicken dinner, homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Nothing like an argument uh, into Umba. <laughs> get us back on track. Yeah, we have to get back on track. He's UI, Frankie, I'm Greg. Happy to hang out with you here on a waiver wire Tuesday. And for the first time in like three weeks, guys, this is an active and a legitimate waiver wire. And we have a lot to discuss and a lot of players that we're going to spend some cash on here this week. And it all begins at the running back position. And it begins with Ty Johnson. According to Adam Schefter last night, Kerryon Johnson is going to miss... Well, it's going to be, I should say, week to week with a knee injury. Given that Matt Patricia comes from the Bill Belichick school, we have no idea what that means. We have no idea what this knee injury could be. Could it be a torn meniscus? Could it be a deep bruise? Could it be uh, a sprained MCL? I don't know. Hopefully Virginia will on Thursday. But unfortunately, by the time Thursday rolls around, our waiver wire will already have run, which means we need to make a decision now. EY, I go to you. If you are not a carry-on Johnson owner, because if you're a carry-on Johnson owner, it's easy. Yeah, put yeah, you spend the bag, you drive it all for Ty Johnson. But if you're not a carry-on Johnson owner, how much fab are you spending on Ty Johnson this week? I mean, I feel like we're getting down to the nitty gritty here. You know what I mean? Like this is where you, know, you got to decide if you think you're in the hunt or not. Um, and, and if Ty Johnson is worth it. I mean, from what we saw, it looks like it, it's going to be a bit of a split with McKissick anyways. So I don't know if he's worth uh, dropping the bank. Like, I think if you are the Johnson owner, then you do have to go after him. Um, but other than that, I, I mean... I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't break the bank on a player like, like Ty Johnson because I think J.D. McKissick is going to get some use as well, and it's going to be super frustrating. You don't want to spend all your fab money. There are, I mean, look, at there's a lot of football left. Other guys are going to get hurt. If you have some cash left, that's not. I'm not talking about myself. I've spent most of mine already because I always do because I'm, I'm a lunatic. But uh, I have no self-control. But if you do have self-control, you might want to wait for something that's a, a little bit more valuable. Yeah, Greg, I think I'm going to be a little bit more aggressive on this one. This strikes me as that player that could be a league winner. I, we don't know what's going on with Carrion Johnson right now. They say he's, quote, week to week. He's dealing with a, I believe it's a left knee injury. Last year, he dealt with a right knee injury, which only allowed him to play 10 games last season. And, you know, he's dealt with a lot of injuries going back to his days at Auburn as well in college. So I am worried about this injury to carry on Johnson. And Ty Johnson's got some good matchups coming up as well. 
again, we don't know how long he's going to be out, but at least for this week, I would expect Carryon Johnson not to be out there. And going up against the New York Giants, Chase Edmonds just had 150 total yards and three touchdowns as well. They clearly like Ty Johnson a lot, Greg. I know you know a little bit more about him. He went to the University of Maryland, the University of Maryland, a sixth round pick in this year's NFL draft. He ran a 4-4-5-40, 86 percentile in speed score. They liked him enough to get rid of C.J. Anderson. I know that they have Paul Perkins on the practice squad as well, so they could promote him. J.D. McKissick is going to see some touches, but this past week, once Kerryon Johnson went out, Ty Johnson played 64% of the snaps. He had 14 touches. He had two touches inside the 10-yard line. J.D. McKissick had seven touches, zero touches inside the 10-yard line. I think Ty Johnson is going to be the guy. The matchup's coming up. The Giants, the Raiders, the Chicago Bears, who have allowed over 100 yards and two touchdowns in back-to-back games to opposing running backs. These are pretty good matchups, and I think that this could be one of those league-winning pickups down the stretch here, Greg, You know, uh, for the second half of the season. We don't know what's going on with Kerryon Johnson, but I'm willing to be aggressive here. I put out before the show a poll. How much fab would you spend on Ty Johnson? And right now, 43% of the vote is going to 20 to 30%. And I think I agree with that. I would, if you play in a league with Fab, I would look at how much money the Carry On Johnson owner has. I play in a league where he only has twenty three dollars left out of a hundred, so I know that I can win him for twenty four dollars. But I might go even a little bit higher than that. Yeah, and I know that you're not saying it the exact amount because you don't want your league members <laughs> to know. Um, I made that mistake before. Yeah, uh, for me, and I said this to you this morning when we were trying to figure it out and prepping for the show that. At some point in the year, there is that league winner that comes across the waiver wire. And I don't know that we've gotten there yet this year. Um, I, I Darren Wilder, before the season started, is probably that guy right now. And, and he's been amazing at the tight end position that's been so bad this year. But we haven't necessarily had that running back that you picked up or that wide receiver you picked up that is a game changer. And I don't know that Ty Johnson is. But I go back to a year or two ago when together, Frank, we picked up Kenny and Drake and Damian Williams, and we kind of hoped. And Kenny and Drake won a lot of people's leagues that year, two years ago. Last year, that, that player early on was Tyler Boyd. Philip Lindsay, too. Philip Lindsay, absolutely, yeah. It hasn't happened yet because we haven't had the major running back injury, you know, knock on wood, which is, which is awesome. But Carrion Johnson's injury may be that because it's an offense that wants to run the football. It's an offense that there's a clear backup. And... It's an injury that we don't necessarily know if it's short-term or long-term. Like, this is where you have some people that are bidding that may bid, well, not enough, because, hey, Carrion Johnson's going to be back next week. It's true. There is a lot of ambiguity right now. And that sometimes is a good thing when it comes to bidding. For me, my first move, as you mentioned, is looking how much the Carrion Johnson owner has less and going a dollar more than that. If, that, if he has $80 left, well, that's a lot. If he has... In your case, what, $23 left? Yeah, out of 100 There's no question I'm bidding at least 24 Like, that's, that's easy. It's somewhere where it's in the middle where he has like 50 bucks left where you're like, all right, I'm going to have to spend most of everything I have now on it. Is it worth it? Is that a shot you take? I think it depends where you are in the standings, right? If you are in desperation mode, if you are two and five, if you are two and five, three and four, maybe depending on how your team is, certainly one and six, I mean, that's it. You drop it right now. You have no choice. If you're three and four, four and three, five and two, maybe you have a bit of a luxury there. But I think this is your first true opportunity to take a stab and you may have to do it. How much fab are you looking at here, Greg? 20 to 30 percent? Yes. 30 to 40? I'm looking at my initial number is probably 20 to 30 percent. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know that I that gets him. And I, I think I think in high stakes leagues he's going to go for even more than that too. I think in high stakes leagues he's going to go for over you know forty percent of your fab budget. And you know if you play in the NFFC or you know the FFWC or something like that, I mean he's going to go for probably four hundred plus dollars. I mean you really have to weigh how much you need this player. You know how deep your league is, how much you need running back. All these things come into consideration, but. I'm all right being pretty aggressive, uh, right around thirty percent, maybe a little bit even over that. Yeah, I think that number has to be up there. That brings us to another running back that could be out there on waiver wires, and that's Chase Edmonds. We saw how good he can be. David Johnson, well, EY, he, he's banged up, and uh, a EY, uh, EY, a David Johnson that's banged up is going to be someone that may be cautious, and Cliff Kingsbury is going to be cautious, as we saw on Sunday, where David Johnson just didn't seem right. Now, I don't know if a week will change things or not, but he knows that he has Chase Edmonds, who 
I'm not saying he's just as good as David Johnson, but could certainly carry the load. If Chase Edmonds is out there, how much would you spend? This is a guy that I would definitely spend on. I totally disagree. I'm on the opposite side of the fence with you guys with Ty Johnson. on Johnson is a better player. I would argue that with anybody. His usage a bit has been pretty sordid all year, and you believe that Ty Johnson is going to get it done. I just don't see that happening, especially because him and McKissick pretty much, I mean, it wasn't a 50-50 split, but it was probably 60-40 split. Um, and spending all your, you know, 30% of your fab money isn't going to help you. Ty Johnson's not going to help you. Now, Edmonds, if you have money, spend it all. He, or, you know, this guy showed up big time um, and he's looked good all year. Anytime he carried the ball, he looked just as good or even better than David Johnson while carrying the ball. David Johnson is probably the best or in the top three running backs uh, for, for, for catching the ball out of the backfield, running running routes, lining up in the slot. He is a, a do-it-all kind of guy and really good at receiving the ball, but hasn't looked great running the ball. But every time Edmonds has, has ran it, this year, he's looked good. So that's, that could be that's the game changer for me. Yeah, I like Chase Edmonds, but for me, this one is a little bit harder to figure out because David Johnson, I mean, he is not week to week. Again, we don't really know what's going on with David Johnson right now. He's dealt with multiple injuries, dealt with a back earlier, dealing with the ankle We don't know now. what's happening with on Johnson either. Certainly. It makes sense. It makes sense, but at, at least we know that he's, I don't know, he's week to week, whatever that means. I mean, to me, that sounds a little bit more great. He played one snap. He played one snap. So, I mean, he yeah. could be done for the year. He could be in the same boat as on Johnson. If you're telling me, you know, you got to spend all your fab money, I'm taking Chase Edmonds a thousand times out of a thousand over Ty Johnson. But David Johnson is there. He may be back next week. So could on Johnson. We don't know. Uh, yeah, we don't know anything. Right. We don't. At least for one week, I don't think on Johnson is going to play. I mean, based on hearing, you know, week to week, and he's dealt with knee injuries in the past as well. We can talk a little bit more about Chase Edmonds when we come back. I mean, I think he's earned a role in the offense regardless of what's going on with David Johnson uh, because he proved that this past week. He's averaging over five yards per carry this season. David Johnson under four. He's earned a role. We'll take a break here when we come back. Some other running backs and the wide receivers you got to grab this week. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pot? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around, I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. You call Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with Big Poppy. They ran Sox in 2004, bounced back after the 3-0. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, follow us on YouTube, Sports Grid TV, Instagram, Sports Grid TV, Twitter, Sports Grid, of course. Listen to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We appreciate you. And, of course, our podcast, download you can download it just by searching Fantasy PFFs. The NBA season tips off tonight. You have two games on the schedule. Frankie, I know you're pumped. And you can dunk on your NBA DFS competition using DailyRoto.com. Complete with the pros on FanDuel and DraftKings, the DailyRoto.com optimizer, and the most accurate projections in all of NBA DFS. Plus, you'll get a lot of alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with the promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com slash DUNK to learn more. That's DailyRoto.com slash DUNK, and you'll get 10% off right now at DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Frankie, um, it's funny because... A lot of times on Thursdays, I go to a bar with my friends to watch Thursday Night Football, grab a few beers, eat some wings. And this Thursday, given that it's Vikings, Washington, my friends are like, why don't you go Wednesday and watch the opening night of NBA? And I was like, hmm, I guess. Like, not really. You still want to watch football? No. I, no? You don't want to go either night? I don't want to go either Craig either. doesn't want to go either night. Yeah. Grandpa Greg. Grandpa Greg. Yeah. Uh, this, this week, yeah, Washington going up against Minnesota. Uh, not the... Not the, you know, most competitive matchup. They're huge favorites already. So we'll see what happens there. Before the break, we were talking about Chase Edmonds. And, you know, I mentioned, look, he looked really good this past week. Behind the same offensive line this year, you know, he's averaging 5.6 yards per carry. David Johnson's averaging 3.9. And he's fresher than David Johnson right now. You don't have to deal with the injuries. I'm, I'm all right spending some fab on, on, on Chase Edmonds as well, you know, in that 15 to 20% range, maybe even more than that if you're really desperate. I just, I, for whatever reason, I feel more grim about this carry-on Johnson injury than I do the David Johnson injury. There's no doubting that Chase Edmonds looked really good this week. He's going up against the New Orleans Saints. They have been tough on running backs all season, uh, but we'll, we'll see. I think he has earned a role in this offense. We know that the Cardinals run four wide receiver sets. Is it out of the realm of possibility that they start using David Johnson more as a wide receiver and both of these guys are on the field together? No, I think that would actually be pretty creative and I think it makes a lot of sense. So we'll have to see how Cliff Kingsbury goes about the usage of uh, Edmonds and David Johnson here. I like spending fab on Chase Edmonds, but me personally, I like spending a little bit more on Ty Johnson. Some other running backs that are out there. Let me begin with Mark Walton. We talked about him yesterday, uh, or sorry, last week. Kenny and Drake, the trade deadline is next Tuesday, I believe, for the NFL. Kenny Drake gets traded. We know Mark Walton's uh, role will only increase. Darius Geis, I believe, is eligible to come off IR around week 10. Bill Callahan wants to run the ball. Adrian Peterson is, is banged up. Chris Thompson is hurt as well. They're going to go to Darius Geis the second half of the year. Talk about league winners. That's a guy that could be one. Yeah, you could pick him up and stash him now. He's not eligible to return until week 11, as you mentioned, Greg. Someone that I think, you know, they wanted to... They wanted to turn it over to him this year. I mean, if you, you remember week one, I mean, Adrian Peterson wasn't even active, and that was actually a storyline uh, that we were paying attention to. But yeah, I think Darius Geis, you know, they've given him enough time to heal up. Hopefully, you know, uh, he's he's good for, for week 11 and, and the stretch run here, Greg. But Mark Walton, look, the Miami Dolphins are not a good team, but this guy just had season highs in carries. He had 14 rushing yards. He had 66 offensive snaps. He played 38. He actually outsnapped Kenyon Drake and he outsnapped Kalen Balazs. Those two guys combined. So yes, the Dolphins are a bad team, but anytime we have a running back who's seen close to 15 touches, that running back should be owned. Uh, and when, if they trade uh, Kenyon Drake, I think Mark Walton is in the mix as a 
Flex, basically where we've been ranking Kenyon Drake all season, Greg. Any other running backs you want to mention, or should I move on to the wide receiver? No, I think you pretty much hit on those, like Wendell Smallwood in deeper leagues, Daryl Henderson as well. Looks like he has surpassed Malcolm Brown, and they're getting him more touches. Todd Gurley, while he's scoring touchdowns, just continues to not look good. He's not running the ball efficiently. That offensive line is not a great one, but you know, behind the same offensive line the past two weeks, Daryl Henderson has you know outran, in terms of efficiency, both Todd Gurley and Malcolm Brown. So look for Daryl Henderson. And then Raheem Moser, Greg, I think it's a uh, sneaky name to pay attention sure. to, because Matt Breida left that game with injury. He didn't return and we know Kyle Shanahan continues to produce running backs that are viable for fantasy football they want to run the football they have one of the best run blocking offensive lines in the game right now and I don't know that Tevin Coleman is a guy that they want getting 20 plus carries consistently so if anything is actually wrong with Matt Breida then I think Raheem Mostert steps in there as their RB2. Absolutely Raheem Mostert a very sneaky pickup it's not going to cost you anything off the waiver wire Uh, you can grab him now uh, especially as a handcuff to Matt Breida or Tevin Coleman who's had his own injury issues. Let me me head on over to the wide receiver position EY there's also a couple of names here this week that could be viable to pick up and I start with your guy Corey Davis who had a nice game with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. He's only owned around 40% of Yahoo leagues at this point. He faces off against Tampa Bay. And as I spoke to JJ Zacharyson of FanDuel earlier, he's not buying Corey Davis. He's selling Corey Davis based on the performance. And why? Well, you know why, because we've seen this before. A really good game out of CD, followed by an inconsistent 3-for-30 game out of Corey Davis. AJ Brown wasn't bad last week, nor was Adam Humphreys. What do you think of Corey Davis, and do you trust him enough to pick him up and put him in your lineup this week? I mean, the fact that we're in bye weeks and there's a bunch of injuries to to top wide receivers, I mean, I think you could do worse than Corey Davis. Corey Davis has all the tools. I know that. Most people know that. I mean, this is a guy that that was drafted highly by the Titans. The reality is the quarterback play has never been there for him to show who he is. Now, I don't think Ryan Tannehill is going to massively change the fortunes, but what we did see is confidence. Confidence at the quarterback position is everything in the NFL. Uh, The team seemed confident to let him throw it down the field he seemed confident in letting it go and Corey Davis is going to thrive in that offense with Tannehill as his quarterback when I say thrive like look this is a running team they want to run the ball they're going to spread it around AJ Brown's going to get his for whatever reason Tajay Sharp is going to be on the field and still catch a few balls uh John New Smith and Delaney Walker are going to be involved so like in no way do I think that he will be a top 20 wide receiver but he could be a top 30 wide receiver going forward he has the tools to do it and the Titans look like they believed in Tannehill I like both guys, man. I like both Titans wide receivers, Corey Davis and A.J. Brown. They just needed a quarterback that can get the ball in their hands. We know that they are both playmakers. A.J. Brown has really made the most of his opportunity so far this year, and he's starting to play more as well. Two of the past three games, he's played 60% or more of the snaps, so they're starting to turn it over to him a little bit more. They both had at least seven targets this past week. Corey Davis, six catches for 80 yards and a touchdown. His 23% target share this week, Greg, was the highest in any game so far this season, so again, he just needed the targets and he needed someone that can get the ball in his hands consistently. Ryan Tannehill, say what you want about the guy in it, you know, Long term, I don't know that he's the guy, he's the answer for the Tennessee Titans. But for one week against the Tampa Bay Bucks, yes, I will be buying in on Tannehill as a stream. I will be buying in on both of these wide receivers. This Bucks defense, Greg, has reverted back to where they've been the past couple of years. Todd Bowles has done a good job in stopping the run so far this year. I believe they're top three in run defense, but they are very, very bad against the pass and specifically wide receivers. So I am buying in on both Corey Davis and A.J. Brown at least for one more week going up against the Tampa Bay Bucks. How much are you spending on these guys? I'm not breaking the bank, 6 to 8%. Well, who would you rather have off the waiver wire? Corey Davis or another guy that's definitely worth picking up, and that's Kenny Stills. As I said yesterday on the program, the inevitable Will Fuller injury happened as he uh, pulled a hammy early in their contest during Week 7. It is worth noting that the Texans have a bye in Week 10, which means that for Weeks 8 and 9, it could be the Kenny Stills show for the Houston Texans. Stills is out there in most leagues, Frank. Who would you rather have, Kenny Stills or Corey Davis? I think they are in a similar boat, and I think it comes down to what you need, right? I just talked about Corey Davis as a short-term ad going up against the Tampa Bay Bucks. I do think there is some long-term upside, like if Ryan Tannehill somehow continues playing well and continues to get the ball in their hands consistently, and you know the targets are there for these guys, then I do think there is some long-term upside. But when it comes to Houston, I think you know for this week as well, it's a really good matchup going up against Oakland, and 
We know that Will Fuller is probably going to be back after the bye. So you have to ask yourself, a little bit of a more long-term thing, probably Corey Davis in a vacuum. You just need one for this week. I like both of them, but probably would lean with Will Fuller because the Houston Texans offense is more explosive. We just saw what the Oakland Raiders defense allowed to the Green Bay Packers wide receivers. Greg, it was 11 receptions, 262 yards, and three touchdowns. And Kenny Stills and Will Fuller are the only two wide receivers on the Houston Texans that are averaging over 13, uh, a, a, a dot higher than 13 so far this year. So that's average depth of target. So we know that he's just going to step right into that Will Fuller role as someone who is going to see the targets down the field in a really explosive offense. So you need a wide receiver this week. I like both of these guys a lot. I would lean with Kenny Stills because it's the better offense. But I do think that Corey Davis and A.J. Brown probably have more long-term upside because Will Fuller is going to be back at some point. Eric, how much would you go out and spend on Kenny Stills? Yeah, yeah, I think I'm right in, in, in lockstep with what Frank was saying. I think uh, the, the better offense is obviously and better quarterback is, is Kenny Stills. Um, Kiki Cutie has been a massive disappointment um, this year. Uh, it was a guy that I, I, I have on almost every team or had on almost every team and have either dropped him or, or moved on since then. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think right around that that is uh, is about the right for them. I, I just have a... I think I do have a good feeling about Corey Davis going forward. Tannenhill changed this offense. He changed what the what the offense is capable of. I believe that. I saw a stat as the flag as the flag flies in my background. <laughs> I saw a stat yesterday, Greg, that uh, Ryan Tannehill threw for three hundred and twelve yards this week. Marcus Mariota has played, I believe, sixty four career games. He's only done that three times Crazy. in his career. So Ryan Tannehill steps in and AY's right. You know, he was able to make plays and actually, you know, throw for a decent amount of yards, something we haven't seen, you know, Marcus Mariota able to do consistently. So I do like all three of these wide receivers, Kenny Stills, Corey Davis, and AJ Brown. I think they all go for around six to 8% of your fab. If you play in a deeper league, maybe you're a little bit more aggressive on these guys, but EY brought up Kiki QT, and I think, you know, if you need some backup bids to those guys, I do think that he's a sneaky one going up against his Raiders secondary because it's not a good one. No, it's uh, a very bad one, Frank. A very bad one. That very is bad correct. one. Are there any other wide receivers that are worth bringing up and potentially bidding on? Yeah, I'll bring up a few names here. Uh, shout out to the Miami Dolphins, my man Devontae Parker for Eric Young. Uh, and I said this yesterday, as long as Ryan Fitzpatrick is the quarterback, <laughs> Devontae Parker and Preston Williams are going to have value because he doesn't really throw the ball to anybody else. So I like those two guys. I think Zach Pascal has had at least 72 yards or a touchdown in three of his last four games. He has a nice rapport with Jacoby Brissett and Alex Erickson. This guy just had 14 targets. I think all three of those guys are good backup bids to the wide receivers we mentioned. Take a break here. We're going to the streaming quarterbacks, tight ends, and defenses on the other side. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because, as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. 
I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the Deflategate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. You call him Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big copy. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Before we get to those streaming quarterbacks, tight ends, and defenses, also players to drop, I do want to not go further, Frank, I'm glad you reminded me, about the trade earlier this morning in regards to Mohamed Sanu being traded to the New England Patriots. Patriots have been after all Rutgers players, they just want the Scarlet Knights team, and they got another one in Mohamed Sanu and traded a second round pick in order to do it. Seems like a, a really smart trade for the Atlanta Falcons, a team that's going nowhere. You trade an aging wide receiver you had under contract for another year. I think you saved like $10 million over the next two years uh, by trading away Sanu. And you get a second round pick. That is not nothing. I know it's going to be like the last pick of the second round, but it's still a second round pick. And you want as many of those as possible because the entire draft obviously is a crapshoot. So Mohamed Sanu goes over to the Patriots. What do you think his role is in New England? I think he'll be a reliable possession receiver, much like all the receivers that are in New England. But seriously, I don't know how much his value is going to change, if we're being honest, right? He was, you know, a solid bi-week replacement guy that we trusted uh, while he was with the Atlanta Falcons. He's a wide receiver for someone that you put in during the bye weeks And with the New England Patriots, yes, it's arguably a better offense, better quarterback with Tom Brady, but, you know, Matt Ryan's been slinging it all around the field so far this season. Um, Ultimately, there's a lot of targets in New England as well. Like, Josh Gordon's going to be back. Philip Dorsett is going to get his targets. Julian Edelman is going to get his. James White is going to get his. So, I don't know that there's going to be enough to go around for Mohamed Sanu to really make him viable for fantasy purposes. I think the biggest fallout here is for Calvin Ridley. If, you know, if Matt Ryan is healthy and he's good to go, I know that he's dealing with an ankle injury. We'll have to get some updates on that from Virginia later on in the week. But if he's good to go, this is huge news for Calvin Ridley because Mohamed Sanu was playing 81% of the snaps this year for the Atlanta Falcons. That is most among their wide receivers. That's more than Julio Jones. That's more than Calvin Ridley. And he was getting just enough targets to be a thorn in the side of Calvin Ridley. So now the targets are concentrated even more on just Julio Jones, on Austin Hooper and Calvin Ridley. And, you know, maybe they'll work in a Russell Gage, Justin Hardy in their three wide receiver sets. But I think this would be really, really big news for Calvin Ridley, assuming that Matt Ryan is healthy, Greg. Oh, really a huge spot for Calvin Ridley because we've talked a lot about how Mohamed Sanu is just there. He's actually had a really nice season for Atlanta. He just takes away, not necessarily snaps from Calvin Ridley, but certainly targets. They, they've trusted him. They've trusted him. Is there anybody else in Atlanta that gets a, a boost at all in fantasy football without Mohamed Sanu on the team? 
Nah, I mean, some of those peripheral options that I mentioned, Justin maybe Hardy. they throw the ball to Devontae Freeman and the running backs a little bit more. I think it's just a slight uptick for everyone else that was there. But, you know, how much more value can someone like Julio Jones possibly get? I mean, Austin Hooper is the tight end one right now. How much more value can he get? I think it just concentrates those targets a little bit more. And Calvin Ridley is the main beneficiary. All right, let me go to you, EY. If you're taking it from the New England side of things, how do you make... Um what do you make over this mess? Josh Gordon hasn't really been good. Philip Dorsett has been pretty solid. Julian Edelman is going to have his role. Jacoby Myers was pretty White. good last night. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. faced the Jets, though, so that doesn't really mean much. <laughs> um, uh, what role do you see Muhammad's new filling in New England? Uh, the rich get richer. I think this makes them uh, obviously a better football team. But the reality is, is I'm going to say the same thing that, that I've been saying all year is owning any of these players uh, uh, other than Gronkowski when he played is maddening. And Tom Brady, obviously, and, and the defense, I suppose. <laughs> and now maybe Sony Michelle. But the truth is, 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 is you throw a dart. I mean, they're just going to exploit whatever your weakness is. Uh, last night, that was... Uh, obviously all over the field. Um, but the truth is, is you just don't know. I don't think Muhammad Sanu, I feel that this is probably going to hurt his fantasy value because they spread the ball all over the place. There are so many other targets like Frank was saying. So I think this makes the New England P- Patriots a better team somehow uh, magically. And uh, it, this probably is not a big boost for Mah- Muhammad Sanu's fantasy value. Probably not. And those that own Muhammad Sanu, sorry. Really surprised that the Patriots give up a second round pick. Like, I understand yeah. Mohamed Sanu is a good player and, you know, they can get creative with what they do with him and, you know, they can run some trick plays and I know you can throw the ball a little bit, but ultimately, second round pick, Craig, that's a lot, man. I thought that they could have got Emmanuel Sanders for maybe a third or a fourth. Maybe they preferred are we questioning? Are we questioning the Patriots right now? Nope. Yeah, you know what? Nope. <laughs> we, we probably shouldn't, but still. Are we, are we second questioning round pick? anything they do ever? Yeah, I guess you're right. It rarely, it rarely is wrong. Rarely. I, I, tell me the time that they made a bad decision other than maybe Chad Johnson. The Jacoby Brissett for Philip Dorsett trade probably wasn't right. That's fair. Just saying. Didn't, didn't hurt him, though. No, but... They, Philip Dorsett's been good for them, too. He's been good this year, but Jacoby Brissett's a starting quarterback in the NFL. Was he really going to be the successor to Tom Brady? I mean, maybe. But don't worry, they'll probably draft someone and that guy will be awesome and then we'll have a new Patriots dynasty, I don't know that, right? Jar- I don't know that Jarrett Stidham was Pop the guy. Yeah, he doesn't have to be the guy. Oh. They got more draft picks coming up. They sure do. Okay, <laughs> yep. um, let me go back to tight ends. Let me talk about a former tight end um, and that is Jacob Hollister. He was the one EY that really stepped up in the absence of Will Disley. It wasn't uh, your boy Luke Wilson. Instead, it was Hollister. Is there any interest in picking him up off the waiver wire? I feel like, I mean, a tight end is a wasteland. Yeah. The reality is, is Russell Wilson last year and this year has thrown to the tight end. Will Disley was a massive part of this offense. And if Hollister can even be half of what Disley was, then I want him because tight end is an absolute nightmare again. And I like him this week against the Atlanta Falcons who have allowed four touchdowns to tight ends over their last three weeks. I mean, their defense is just abysmal right now. Jacob Hollister played 37 offensive snaps. That was more than Luke Wilson. And as we predicted, Greg, not that we predicted Jacob Hollister would have value, but we thought that Luke Wilson would be more of the blocking tight end. And that seems to be the case. He also saw six targets, which, you know, is... It's pretty significant when it comes to the tight end position. So if we get five to six targets in this Seattle Seahawks offense with Russell Wilson throwing the ball, arguably the league MVP right now, then I think there's some value in that, especially this week against the Atlanta Falcons. Absolutely. Okay, let me continue on with some other potential tight end options here this week. Whoever starts in New Orleans, if Jared Cook plays, well, start Jared Cook. If he doesn't, Josh Hill returns to fantasy relevance. Absolutely. And the Cardinals continued their terrible defending of tight end. You can't even call it defending because they're, they're not even trying. They're just letting tight end score all over the field. Unfortunately, it wasn't Evan Ingram last week, last week when, like we were hoping. It was Rhett Ellison. But alas, they gave up another touchdown to a tight end. So I agree with you. If Jared Cook is out there and he starts, he's going to be a top 12 tight end this week. And if not, then Josh Hill steps right into his place. Josh Hill just scored a touchdown this past week as well. Is that his only catch this week? I know. I think he had more catches than that, but he did catch a touchdown. No, I saw, I saw the touchdown. I was like, obviously. Uh, Josh Hill, three for 43 in a touchdown. That'll get it done. That's three, a top 12 tight end. Three targets for Josh Hill as well. Just saying. Okay. Uh, other tight ends that are out there. I'm going to you for this one, EY. Without Delaney Walker in the lineup, Janu Smith steps up. And we've been wanting this for a while. And last year, when Delaney Walker was out for most of the year, Janu Smith didn't really do all that much. Is this year going to be any different? 
Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, nobody in the offense did much because Mariota was the quarterback. Mariota is a heartbreaker. This is an absolute heartbreaker for me. The Titans are my home team. This is a guy that was highly, highly regarded coming out of college. Everyone wanted a piece of them. Titans got him. Um, the guy could run. He could throw. He was accurate. He could throw the ball downfield well enough. And he just... He crumbled. He just absolutely crumbled after his injuries. He was never the same quarterback. And Tannehill is making this offense viable. Jonu Smith had uh, a couple couple big plays this week and looked awesome. So, yeah, I mean, if Delaney Walker's not going to play, Jonu Smith, I'd be all over him too. All right, Ryan Tannehill has thrown to the tight end here, and Janu Smith, well, he's the one that's going to be the main the main beneficiary of Delaney Walker being out. He's obviously talented. We'll see if Janu Smith can come through for you. Listen, we're all desperate for tight ends. Why not Janu mm-hmm. Smith? Let me go over to some of these streaming quarterbacks this week. We've mentioned a lot about Ryan Tannehill. We've trusted Tennessee. You said you're doing it, Frank, against Tampa. Yeah, I do like it. Turn your mic on, bud. Yeah, I do like Ryan Tannehill going up against Tampa. As I mentioned, they've been funneling everything to the quarterback position, to you know, to their pass defense as well. And they are 25th in pass defense DVOA. They're allowing the six most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. And over the past month, the Tampa Bay defense is allowing 348 passing yards per game to opposing quarterbacks, 2.5 passing touchdowns per game. I think we could see a little bit of back and forth here. It wouldn't surprise me if Tannehill throws for over 300 and two touchdowns once again, which likely gets him inside the top 12. So he is one of my top streaming quarterbacks. Obviously, uh, really like Matthew Stafford going up against the New York Giants as well if he's available, but I believe he's owned in over 50% of Yahoo leagues. So uh, if he's already gone, then Ryan Tannehill the next man up for me, Greg. Absolutely. Ryan Tannehill. We'll see about him versus some of these other options. Matt Moore uh, in a Superflex League Sunday Night Football against Green Bay. Mason Rudolph Monday Night Football against Miami. Derek Carr against Houston. Derek Carr, eh, like you don't feel great about it. He did throw multiple touchdowns this week. He fumbled the ball into the end zone too. So Derek Carr, please stop doing that. That's the second time that you've done that in your career. But Much like Tampa Bay, the Houston Texans allow a ton of fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. We just saw Jacoby Brissett throw for 326 yards and four touchdowns. So if I'm ranking it, Stafford, Tannehill, Derek Carr for me in terms of streaming this week, Greg. Okay, fair enough. Now, uh, streaming defenses here this week, guys. Uh, Pittsburgh has a legit good defense. They face Miami on Monday night. That's a no-brainer. Other than that, who are some defenses that are out there, Frank, that could be worth starting? Yeah, I really do like the Detroit Lions going up against Daniel Jones and the New York Giants. Daniel Jones has seven interceptions and four fumbles lost in five games since he has taken over as the starter. He was just sacked eight times against the Arizona Cardinals as well with the Detroit Lions as a touchdown favorite right now. That tells me that the New York Giants are likely playing from behind, which means there's going to be dropbacks, which leads to sacks, which leads to turnovers, fumbles, interceptions. I really like the Detroit Lions this week, Greg. Detroit Lions... Uh, against the New York Giants. It's a rough year for New York, man. Unless you're a Buffalo Bills fan. Nobody circles the wagons. Like the Buffalo Bills. There it was. Okay, we have about three minutes to go here in the program. And if you're picking up any of these players tomorrow or when or uh, Thursday when your waivers ultimately run, you got to drop players as well. And the most common name that I've been asked about EY has been Josh Gordon, especially uh, with the addition of Mohamed Sanu to this team. Gordon's banged up, hasn't really done all that much. Do you feel comfortable dropping Josh Gordon? Oh, geez. I think this just depends on, on, on your roster construction and, and what position you're in. I mean, I think Gordon will be back at, at some point. Um, I think Edelman is probably still the number one there, and Gordon is definitely not. Uh, everyone was rushing out and getting this guy what, what, you know, late in the year. If you were, hadn't done your draft yet, he was being drafted very, very high. Um, he wasn't a guy. It was, wasn't a guy that I was after. I ended up on the team because people forgot they was available. I drafted him late and traded him away. Um, but yeah, I don't, I mean, if you have a reason to keep him and you need wide receiver depth and hold on, if not, then I mean, you could probably deal him away. Yeah, I'm with EY on that one. I think this is specific to what your record is, right? If you are, you know, three and four or worse, then you probably need someone who's going to help you now. I don't know that Josh Gordon is going to be back this week. And maybe the fact that they traded for Mohamed Sanu tells us that there's something going on with Josh Gordon that's even worse than they let on immediately. Uh, so, you know, he. Hasn't had a touchdown since week one. He has had at least seven targets in each game before the New York Giants game, but ultimately, he really hasn't been doing much. So I think if you need to win now and you have a losing record, then 
it's probably time to cut bait with Josh Gordon, but uh, I, I would try my best to hold on to him if possible. Gordon. I don't know, man. I think you need a spot. Nikhil Harry coming back too. Like, yeah. I feel comfortable probably dropping him. I also feel comfortable dropping the Chiefs wide receivers, especially without Patrick Mahomes the next week or two or three. Demarcus Robinson, Mecole Hardman, um, Jeremy Sprinkle, like... You mean, you mean Byron Pringle? Whatever. Once you pop, you can't stop. Sprinkles the tight end on whatever <laughs> the other team. The Washington Redskins. Exactly. So, point being, you can drop Jeremy Sprinkle. Sprinkle or Pringle. you can drop Byron Pringle. All these guys can go. Yeah, I do agree with that. Outside of Tyreek Hill or Sammy Watkins, maybe you could even make the argument for dropping Watkins, yeah. Sammy Watkins too. But yeah, definitely Demarcus Robinson, Miko Hardman, and uh, Byron Pringle. I just don't think that there's going to be enough value to go around with Matt Moore. Really going to focus in those targets on Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey with a little bit of the Sammy Watkins as well. He's Eric Young. He is Frank Stanfield. I'm Greg Sussman. Thank you so much for watching and listening to the BFFs. Coming up next, Wager Talk here on Sports Grid TV. Have a great day. We'll see you back here tomorrow. We, we hope. hope. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because, as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. You call Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big copy. They ran socks in 2004, bounced back after the 3-0. We never win a chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So what did I miss? 
What did I miss? Here's what you missed on the BFFs. One thing that Bill Belichick does, no matter who it is, he dominates young quarterbacks. Last night was the 16th game in Sam Donald's career. He's basically still a rookie, right? We can agree on that. We knew that he was going to struggle against Bill Belichick's defense. There was no doubt about it. But airing that, I mean, the guy's confidence is shot already where he's at. So now this is going to go down with, you know, the butt fumbles and all the other infamous things that the Jets are known for. This is going to go down in history. And, like, he's got enough on his plate already, right? He's a young quarterback playing in New York. He's going to hear it all from the media. Does he really need this whole ghost thing going on? I would have said that about any quarterback, any young quarterback, whether it was Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, if that quarterback was mic'd up and they aired that, I would have said it no matter who it was. It's not just because it's Darnold. It's not just because it's the Jets. I thought it was very distasteful, Greg. could not disagree more with that statement. To me... If it was Daniel Jones, if it was Kyler Murray, I would say the same exact thing. <laughs> I completely, completely, completely disagree. Frank, do you watch Hard Knocks? Yes. Do you like Hard Knocks? It's fine. Okay. You, why do you like it? Because you get unfiltered unfiltered access to these players behind the scenes yeah. footage that we've never seen before. They mic players up every week and there's only so much uh, uh, oh, there's no, uh, what are you doing for dinner last night? What are you doing for dinner tomorrow? You want to play Fortnite and then I need to hear from Juju Smith-Houston. That's all nonsense and BS. Yeah. What you heard last night from Sam Darnold was real access. Like, holy crap. I'm seeing ghosts out there because it seems like there's so many defenders. That was awesome. And NFL Films has to approve anything that airs, and they thought, oh, this is really good access. It was awesome seeing that. But it wasn't distasteful. It's not distasteful. No, it's not distasteful. He's, you know I disagree. What? Also, you know he's mic'd up. He knows he's mic'd up. You think up. he's thinking about a microphone when he's getting demolished out there by the why New England it, Patriots? Why is it he's not thinking about that. Why is it distasteful? Because, dude, he's going to hear everything from the media today anyway, right? And his offensive line is terrible. His coaching is terrible. Everything has been a disaster for this kid since he has stepped into the NFL. And some of that is by his own doing. Well, I'm me, not going to make excuses this for him. There. But that is distasteful, and I would say it about any quarterback me, in that same situation. I would say it about Daniel there, Jones. Frank. I would say it about Kyler Murray. I would say it about any young quarterback going up against a Belichick defense under these circumstances. Let me go to the public figure. EY, yep. you have been a public figure for a very, very long time, wrestling for over 20 years. You've been on TV for seemingly ever. You are constantly mic'd up on the air. Your Twitter and your social media are... are in the public, you obviously you are a personal guy, but everything you say and do is in public. Do you have any? Do you have an issue with Sam Donald's "I see ghost" comment airing on ESPN? Uh, no, it, it, look at they don't they didn't sneak it in there. He would have had to sign off on it, and he he knows. And I understand uh, what Frank is saying. I, I get, but the reality is, is he knows um, that access and the people of the NFL are doing backflips. The fact that he was honest and said something of substance, because the reality is, is someone like Juju Smith-Schuster or someone like that, they're they're t- just saying and doing things that they think they want people to hear. I mean, that's what television is. None of it is real, guys. I hate to tell you, none of it. Sports Grid.